the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast, and we are celebrating another Colts victory. I think a little bit of a surprising victory, but a great victory nonetheless. Derek Larger with me as always. The Colts, Derek, get a win on Sunday Night Football. Um, I think this is the this is the game that was the most surprising, but pleasantly surprised. Uh, the Colts defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. The four no Chiefs heading into that game. Travel to Arrowhead, take care of business, win nineteen thirteen. Um, the Colts really did it, Derek, by running the football and kind of having that game plan that we've seen throughout the year in their other uh, two victories. Really, that's how they won the game. And really in that week one victory as well, mm-hmm. uh, or week one, it should have been a victory. That overtime loss to the Chargers. I mean, they ran the football and they ran it well. The Colts had 180 yards on the ground. Marlon Mack had 132 of those yards, a career high for him, 29 attempts after being being questionable all week um, with that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, practiced on Friday and gave it a go. And uh, man, the Colts really, <laughs> I think they really surprised a lot of people. Uh, Derek, what did you take away from this game? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, to be surprised is an understatement for me. I was so happy last night. Uh, I, mean, I can't even put into words. Uh, it's kind of weird saying that uh, we beat a team as highly uh, as highly talented as the Chiefs are by playing old school fashion football. It's really what it is. It was run the ball down their throats until we just couldn't stop doing it. I mean, uh, and we're talking about it on good morning football, how, you know, they, it, it made, it makes uh, old school football fun. I think people are actually enjoying watching the Colts just consistently get six yard rushes. Like as if that's fun. Because there's not a lot of highlights on this offense from last night. There wasn't a lot of highlights. There was just consistent running the football from a lot of different guys. Jordan Wilkins had himself a good game. Uh, Marlon Mack, of course, you know, coming off that injury, just absolutely insane what he did. Brissett got a few rushes here and there, uh, especially that rushing touchdown in the first quarter, which came up big. Uh, Naheem Hines had a few plays where he uh, had some good plays there as well. Um, I think we can both agree here that the offensive line was the MVP of this game. I mean, without them playing the way they did last night, mm, my goodness. I mean, it's kind of funny just because of what we saw from them last week, how they just got destroyed off the ball against the Raiders, and then they just – I told you motivation this time and they were motivated. Quentin, Anthony Costanzo, Kelly, Glowinski and Braden Smith all had moments where they just said enough of this. We're just going to dominate the Kansas city run game. And they did. It was phenomenal. It was great. You could run the ball 45 times 
in one game. That is crazy. 45 times and get 180 yards. That's crazy. That is uh, that is great numbers. You will win football games that way. Not the conventional way that we wanted to see it, but ultimately this run game and the way the offensive line plays is the main reason we won this football game. Yeah, and you mentioned the whole old, old school uh, approach to the game. I mean, look at this. The Colts had the ball for 37 minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> Compared to Kansas City, only having it for 22 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, and, you know, Kansas City, obviously, we talked about the worst ranked run defense, and the Colts used that to their advantage and ran it down the Chiefs' throat um, and really just controlled the game on both sides of the ball. And we'll get to yeah. the defense in a little bit. Um, but really, man, they just dominated. Like that whole entire yeah. offensive line from snap one to the final snap was dominating. And that's something we said that they're going to have to do, right? Especially after yeah. that kind of trap game with that Oakland game um, not to just credit Oakland because they did have a heck they had another victory on Sunday against the Bears and they actually made you know for as bad as that defense was for the Colts a week ago like it kind of it kind of makes you feel a little bit better that oh, it yeah. seemed like the Bears defense you know was still <laughs> struggling against against Oakland right um, but you know saying that the Colts really just took that approach to just run it down their throats you know you get four yards of carry you get <clears throat> three yards of carry it's like oh it's third and three and then you get you pick up two yards fourth and one you run it you can get it every time and frank reich's still perfect on the year on going forward on fourth downs because he trusts his offensive line Uh um the best offensive line in football i think we can say and i think they've proved it week in and week out if not the best one of the best right Um, and again they protected the quarterback well jacoby Brissett was not sacked again um and it's just man it's I honestly can say, like, you know, if last week was probably the worst loss of the Frank Reich era, I mean, this game was probably honestly the one of the best, if not the best, just because yeah. what it meant, you know, just because how little you were favored, how many yes. players were out, how how banged up you were. I mean, to go into Arrowhead in really, really hard place to win and to just do what you did to the Chiefs. Um, you know, this high powered offense who before that in Patrick Mahomes' career, I think their lowest scoring game was 26 points against the Cardinals last. I think I believe it was last year. And that was I mean, that was the game right before they went uh, and played the Rams and had that amazing, you know, scored over 50 points, had that incredible offensive game. Um, and the Colts held the held Patrick Mahomes and company to 13 points. Yes. Um, it- and man, that just kind of shows you, you know, if yesterday sh- or if last week showed you the Colts can lose to anyone, this showed you that the Colts can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, and kinda, going into Arrowhead, I mean, yeah. And I'll, I'll let you finish, Cody. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. You're fine. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, just the amazing part is, too, the last time that the Colts were in Arrowhead, their season was over. Mm. That was the moment when Adam Vinatieri slide went into its into emotion. He, he missed field goals in that game and then comes back. He's perfect on the day. And yeah. Lord knows we needed him to be because we needed every point we could get from him in that game. And mm-hmm. I mean, to do what they did, to be able to pull off the win in a way that we couldn't do with Andrew Luck last playoffs. Obviously I'm not saying that, you know, Andrew Luck couldn't have forced it, uh, a win in this one, but I'm just saying the way we're able to win the game, the way we asserted our dominance on the O-line was so was so special to watch because last year we just couldn't get anything going. This time we figured it out. 
And I will mention one thing before we get into other stuff. Justin Houston, that boy definitely had himself a game, and he let the Kansas City Chiefs know it. He said, this is why you shouldn't have traded me. This is why. I get my sack, and I get that huge fourth down tackle that pretty much sealed the game for the Indianapolis Colts at the end. So, I mean, congratulations to Justin on that. Uh, super happy for him there. Uh, and it was just, it's just so emotional given where this team was half a year ago. They were in that same exact spot fighting for something even bigger. And here they were just fighting for their pride and mm-hmm. they certainly won their pride back. And they won a lot more than that towards the media after this game. Yeah, and I mean, let's be real. Last year, when you played the Chiefs in the playoffs, you got embarrassed. I mean, really, oh, I know yeah. the Colts were still in it. Um, there was definitely moments where they could have been back in it, but I mean, overall, it was an embarrassing game for the Colts. I think they felt embarrassed. I felt like they, and I think they felt like you know the game, the things that was their bread and butter last year. You know, strong offensive line play and and what have you. Like I felt like they felt the Chiefs really took it to them and they beat them at their own game, and so. It was definitely a good game for uh, for them to get back on track and get that you know confidence back that we can beat any team if we really put our mind to it. We are talented enough; uh, we can beat them. And, and I think that goes back, Derek, to you know what Jim Irsay was saying in training camp and early on into the in, in the off season. Um, you know, obviously, we know Jim Irsay is a guy who can get very, very he's very, very passionate, um, and he can say some things sometimes where you are like, "Whoa, Jim, just just take it easy a little bit." Um, but you know, he, he made the statement about how he firmly believes that this is like one of the most talented Colts squads really yeah. since, you know, 2009, when they went to the Super Bowl. Right. I know for some people, they're just like, Jim, you need to just calm down. But like, we saw it, man. And I think there's validity to that, you know, and this mm-hmm. was when Andrew Luck was still expected to play, you know, a top five quarterback expected to play. And we saw that we see that the Colts are built for long-term success. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, um, Pat McAfee on his show today um, was really oh. talking about that. And he said, man, the Colts can beat anybody. Chris Ballard has set this team up in a way where, you know, they can face any team and they can run it down their throats and they can control the game. Yep. Um, and he, that he said, that's why I picked them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And I was just like, whoa, maybe uh, that's a little bit too early, Pat. But um, saying that, though, like, it's right. I mean, that's the formula to success. I mean, we've seen it. Um, we've seen it in different, different aspects. I mean, that's how the Patriots really won the Super Bowl last year. They played good defense. You know, Tom Brady wasn't like, you know, some games he does, he did have his games, but overall, I mean, you win in the playoffs come playoff time, not by being flashy all the time, but like by running the ball, by being consistent. And, you know, we saw that, you know, even as Colts fans, we saw that back in the Manning days where, you know, the Colts were a flashy offense, and then they went and faced New England, which was a very, you know, very, very good defense and very good running game. And obviously Tom Brady back in those days was more of a – I would say a game manager, not that he was – I wouldn't say he was – I think he's five-six times Super Bowl champion by this point now. Um, but, you know, he, he it allowed him to not have to make every play. You know what I mean? Like Peyton Manning had to make every play. If the Colts were going to win the Super Bowl – uh, in those in those eras, Peyton Manning had to leave. Um, when you're down and you need to run out the clock, you're able to do that because that's your yep. bread and butter. Um, yeah. 
And back to that Justin Houston quote that you were talking, or Justin Houston, what you were talking about with his kind of revenge game. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, his quote um, about coming back to Kansas City yesterday, um, but it was kind of funny to me. Um, he said, I'd be lying to say that there wasn't extra motivation. He said, it's mm-hmm. like your old girlfriend. If you get a new girlfriend, do you want to show her off? To come yeah. here and get a win, it means a lot to me and to the team as well. So, it, I, you know, even though he wouldn't say it going into that game, there was definitely, um, you know, some motivation because that's the team that mm-hmm. cut you. That's the team that said, we don't believe in you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think we can find better options. And so um, it was a good revenge game for Houston. Obviously, he had a sack and that huge fourth down tackle for a loss. Um, which really made which was a huge, huge play in that game. Um, and so with that, I think we can kind of go over, unless you want to talk about uh, the offense a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah specifically, I had a few probably more Marlon Mack. things to talk about. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of mentioned it on Twitter. If anyone hasn't seen it, check it out. I kind of mentioned a couple times how, you know, this wasn't all the offensive line here. Uh, Marlon Mack deserves a lot of credit for these runs. Not, I mean, obviously the offensive line did its job, but so did Marlon Mack. I mentioned how he looked a little bit Le'Veon Bell-esque last night. Uh, if you look back at the film at some of the big runs, especially the first one that he did, he pulled off with that big 30-yard run uh, in the first quarter that put us in position in the red zone, uh, there was no hole to begin that run. And then he went into a gap came back out and shifted again and then uh, ended up shooting the B gap instead, which was crazy because he was originally meant to go a gap, popped back out, went to B gap. I mean, he was so patient last night. He just was patient waiting for his offensive linemen to make holes for him and then exploiting those and then popping into those uh, holes. When he got them two things that stood out in my mind, One, it was his patience. It was amazing to see because that fourth down run, I I think you might remember it, the fourth down run he had towards the end of the game, it wasn't the last fourth down that they had, but it was the second to last where they ran an option with him out to the outside. And I think it was, I don't remember who it was that was blocking in front of him, but the offensive lineman is out there pushing a linebacker and Marlon has his hand on his back, just pushing the offensive lineman forward and just using him as a shield and then just keeps, and then he almost gets dropped behind the line of scrimmage, but he is able to burst through at the last second and then get that first down. That just shows me the patience. He's not trying to, He didn't try to force anything. He was letting his offensive line do the job and then exploiting it. And the other thing we kind of mentioned, Cody, we've mentioned this a couple times uh, in the offseason, how Marlon Mack was never really great at at breaking tackles. The Mm -hmm. initial first contact uh, when he hits the line of scrimmage. Well, yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, but he was breaking tackles, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. that first contact, he was getting extra yards. Those uh, runs where he would get six, seven yards on him, he would get hit uh, three yards deep and still just keep his feet moving, and he would get those extra yards. I'm telling you, that was the big difference in that because especially on that first big run, he had been hit multiple times before finally breaking that hole. I mean, it, it was great to see Marlon Mack running with a purpose last night. 
He really did. And I think he was trying to show everyone again. I mean, I think the Colts knew going into this that they had a chance to exploit the Kansas City Chiefs run defense because other than the Colts, the Colts uh, or the Chiefs running defense was the second worst in the NFL coming into tonight and or uh, Sunday night. And they definitely exploited that. And I think it was a great job by Marlon Mack, one for his patience and being able to find the hole and second, being able to just explode into the hole and get those extra yards. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, Derek, that one run by Marlon Mack, um, it was basically, so I'm watching the play right now. Um, let me kind of break it down for you real fast. Um, and it's kind of all over the internet. So if you search Marlon Mack, you'll probably be able to find it. But basically, Derek, what's happening in this is Marlon Mack, see, there's like two linebackers filling the gap. And Marlon Mack makes a cut left, which is just amazing. And also credit Quentin Nelson there. Yeah, he, like he blocks, takes, he like blocks the defensive tackle first and then pops to the linebacker and shoves them off to the side, both of them. Right. And so Marlon Mack makes, man, I think that's something that we don't talk about enough. Marlon Mack's vision and ability to make cuts like that just make him such a special player. Um, and he, man, like that play in particular, um, I, I can't do it justice just talking about it. You should just watch it. It's just like, holy smokes, this guy, he's something special. And I, and I can see now why Chris Ballard drafted him. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, man, why did he fall to the fourth round? Like this guy is, is Marlon Mack a top 10 running back? I mean, uh, I could probably make the argument that right now he is. I mean, he is uh, fifth in – they are fifth in uh, rushing yards right now, and I definitely can make the argument he's a top 10 easily. How many yards does he have? I think he almost has 500 yards already. Uh, I think it's like 470, I believe. 470, right. I believe. Well, I pull this up. Do some math for me. Do you have your calendar out? Yeah, I got the uh, calculator out. Calculator. (laughs) Wow, it's been one of those days, man. Uh, Okay, I'll pull up the stats here. So, yeah, he had 132 yards yesterday against Kansas City. She has Uh, 470 yards. God, he's almost averaging five yards per carry. That's nuts. That is Um, crazy. So, 470 yards. The Colts have now played in one, two, three, four, five. So, five games. So, multiply that by by three. And we'll just, you know, obviously they'll play one more game. Um, so we'll have a little bit over that if he keeps averaging it. But so 470 times three, what is that? 470 times three. We will, he is, uh, at, it would be 1,410 yards. Yeah. And that's in 15 games. Yeah. So Marlon Mack could be. Yeah. They said he's on pace to break 1,500 yards if he keeps doing what he's doing. And I mean, that's even with last week, only 39 yards rushing. Yeah, right. And he's on pace to do that. That's crazy. I know. Um, And I looked yesterday, Derek, like Marlon Mack already has exceeded his 2017 uh, rushing attempts, which I mean, he only had, didn't even have 400 yards rushing that year, but through five games, he's already exceeded that. Well exceeded that actually. He's over 120 yards more than that. Um, And yeah, man, Marlon Mack right now, um, is on pace for a 1,500-yard season, which, you know, Jim Irsay said last year, Mar- we think Marlon Mack can be a 1,500-yard back. And so yeah. um, it's easy to see why now because Mack has just been phenomenal so far. 
Um, and it was kind of a game time decision with that bum ankle. Um, and I kind of debated yesterday. I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Colts fan up here. Um, and I was just like, man, you know, should, I was debating, should I start Mac? Cause I didn't know if he was going to play at this point. This was earlier in the day on Sunday. I was like, should I start Mac or should I start Matt Breida? And, uh, because he was, he was healthy and stuff. Um, and I was just, I made the decision. I was like, you know what, if Mac's healthy, he's playing against the worst running defense in the league. I'm going to start Mac. I'm going to take a risk because last week he kind of <laughs> left me out to dry a little bit. And as far as fantasy is concerned and, it was just a bad game in general for the Colts, but um, I'm really glad I did because Marlon yeah. Mack, uh, he had a really, really good game. Like I said, career high for him, 29 attempts. Um, and still yeah. averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Um, so, yeah, we, I, we can talk about the defense now. We already mentioned Justin Houston, obviously. Um, big game for Houston and his return to Arrowhead. Um, but really, Derek, this is something that we said, if the Colts are going to make this game close, if the Colts are going to win this game, that defensive line has to get to Patrick Mahomes and they sure put pressure on him all night. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one crummy thing about the whole defensive line situation is now the news being told that Kimiko Ture is going to be out for the rest of the season with a broken ankle. So unfortunately that's, that's something, but Hopefully we have some other defensive linemen that will step up. I think we do have a few other young guys that can step into that role, but it definitely hurts to see uh, Ture go down like that. But in, in regards to yesterday's game, absolutely. The, the one thing that separated the Colts from the rest of the game was this. And the first two drives, Pat Mahomes was uh, out of the pocket. When he ran out of the pocket, he was six of eight, for 90 yards and a touchdown running out of the pocket. That was our issue. We were playing zone and allowing Patrick Mahomes to run out and do all these things. You lose sight of where your receivers are in the zone, and he was picking apart every single spot. It looked like it was going to be one of those games. Oh, man, uh, what are we going to do? Eberflus did the one thing that I think Colts fans were wanting him to do for a long, long time. He decided to play man. He mm. played man coverage for the first time in a long time. And the and the rushing finally caught up. I think uh, with a few of the Kansas City Chiefs linemen going down, uh, especially late in that game, we saw their center go down. And also with Pat Mahomes kind of being on a little bit of a bum ankle himself, he wasn't really wanting to run anymore. And while he was secluded in the pocket, made it so much easier for guys like Danico Autry and Justin Houston and even Grover Stewart. Yeah. How about Grover Stewart? Yeah, I know. I I immediately thought of Grover Stewart when I saw him and I was like, Oh, Cody's going to get a huge laugh out of that one. I was like, even Chris Collinsworth was like Grover Stewart. Who the heck is (laughs) Grover Stewart? (laughs) We were like, wow. I was like that. It was it was awesome, man. They were getting to the quarterback a lot in that in late in the second half, which is definitely what they needed to keep Mahomes off his game. And uh, they constantly got pressure. Like I said, they were getting plays in the in the backfield as well in the mm-hmm. run game. The Chiefs only had fifty two yards running in that no, game. They had 36. no rushing offense at all. Only thirty six. Only thirty six. Okay, I don't know where I saw fifty two from, but either way, I mean. That is that is head over heels better than what uh, could have possibly been for uh, as a result from last week's game against the Raiders. We definitely were a lot better there, 
And again, not having Darius Leonard made that even more impressive. They had uh, Bobby Okariki played a good number of snaps. Walker mm. was in every snap uh, and, and a bunch of other guys. Kahari Willis had himself a couple of nice tackles at the line of scrimmage that uh, helped out as well. Uh, yeah, again, I can't uh, thank this defensive line enough for what they did. I know people are going to say, oh, you know, the injuries on the defense, on the offensive line for the Chiefs. I don't really care. The Colts had a lot of defensive line injuries as well. I don't want to hear anything about it. Okay. We, you have to rise to the occasion. And when an opportunity presented itself to gain the advantage on the Chiefs, the Colts took advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. And also, shout out, uh, like we said, Grover Stewart for his, I, will, I don't know if that's his first sack, but definitely. I don't think it is. I think it's his second. Far and in between for Mr. Stewart. Um, shout out to Kenny Moore. He got a sack again. I mean, I know he yes. sacked Patrick Mahomes <laughs> in that that uh, that playoff game as well, but a sack yeah. for Kenny Moore in that corner blitz. Um, man, and when you're 5'9", it's easy to get around those uh, those giant offensive linemen. That was it a was pretty crazy. sick move from he, Kenny. But. He ducked underneath the lineman. The lineman <laughs> tried to lunge at him. And he ducked underneath and the lineman just <laughs> fell on his face. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was hilarious. It's like, dude, I know he's faster than you, but don't lunge into him. Just, just stand up. Just he's stand up. Just, it's not like he's going to push you back. Just stand up. <laughs> but for some reason, he decided he was going to lunge at him and he just flat out missed. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And since we're talking about corners here, mm. uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Quincy Wilson in this game. Yes. I mean, he was tasked with the hardest task of the night, and that was guarding Travis Kelsey for a, a good portion of that second half. The, the Colts did an amazing job of keeping Travis Kelsey off limits in that second half. He had three catches, I believe, on the first drive alone uh, against the Colts. The rest of the game, I think he had two receptions all, mm. all the rest of the game. And in that second half, uh, when the Chiefs got their field goal, Travis Kelsey only had that one catch in the second half. I mean, they secluded keeping Travis Kelsey from ruining the game for them. Chris yeah, Collinsworth yeah. mentioned it. He said, yeah. I was expecting Travis Kelsey to just destroy the zone. But Eberflis again went to man, said, okay, we're going to let our – our guys just cover man to man. We're going to not let Pat Mahomes get these easy pick apart zone reads. So mm-hmm. it was great to see. I mean, we were, we were all down on Rocky Sin and um, Quincy Wilson last week, right? They were playing zone. They were struggling mm-hmm. to be in the right spot sometimes, but they just, they played such a much better game uh, yesterday. And, and it was so, so good uh, to see them perform the way they did because that was a very tough task yeah for sure and, and like you mentioned Bobby Okariki I thought he had his best game as a pro um, really helped the Colts out especially in pass coverage and probably should have had his first career interception I know that was a total interception yes that was bull crap that was totally an interception I don't think anyone can prove me otherwise that that ball hit the ground that definitely right. hit his hands right as far as clear and you know, clear evidence. I don't think it was clear evidence at all. Right. Um, and they called, they called it a, a pick. So it's basically, they went against their own rule. They say they let the, the play run out, right? They let, they called it a, mm-hmm. a, a pick and said that was the play on the field. You have to show the evidence to prove otherwise. 
if they had called it an incomplete pass at the beginning and then said that, then I would understand. But what evidence did they have to prove that it wasn't an uh, interception? I right. don't understand. They, they yeah. went against their own logic in the way that the rule book puts it down. And then mm-hmm. not to mention the one stupid penalty against T.Y. Hilton late oh, in that game. Word. That was absolutely god awful it was terrible i will <laughs> never understand that the, yahoo sports even put out a headline ty hilton gets penalized for doing nothing i mean literally <laughs> that's the headline he did nothing he stepped in the way of tyron matthew and matthew pushes him matthew <laughs> pushed him ty just walks three steps to the right hey i'm here just run me over please and then <laughs> how how and they even had the video evidence Frank Reich challenged that. That was easily, obviously, that was not pass interference. Easy. And somehow, some way, Cody, this just goes to show you how broken this rule is. Mm-hmm. They need to get rid of this right now. There, there's there's nothing. This does nothing for you anymore. They said 99% of all pass interference calls that have been challenged this year have not been overturned. Right. <laughs> like <they're, laughs> What's the point in doing that if it's not going to overturn at least 30% of them? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Thankfully, that didn't cost us the game. Thankfully. There were some questionable penalties for sure. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, for I get where they were coming from with this rule, but it's become more and more plainly obvious that it's not working. Uh, And, yeah, I get it. People make mistakes. But if you're not going to, like – actually use your rule then what's the point mm-hmm. of it like it's not helping anybody out so right and you have the technology it showed right. it it shows everything <laughs> you have the ability to get the call right every time and yet somehow mm-hmm. some way we still come across with head scratchers every game yeah yeah it's just there's something that you're gonna have to look into this offseason for sure because it's just it's just out of control at this point right yeah um, i'm sorry i went on my little rant there go <laughs> ahead and okay. keep going with the defense no worries no worries but you talked about it uh rocky sin i thought he had a pretty good game um i mean he was tied for the the league or for the lead for the colts defense with six tackles six solo tackles six total tackles uh how about george oda let's give a shout out to george oh, yes. Yes. Oh my word. There was one play where I believe it was like third and 20 something, 20 plus. Yep. And the Chiefs get a big play, right? I think uh I can't remember who what receiver it was. I mean, they're they're so decimated with with their receivers right now. I don't even know. Uh, but one of their receivers breaks a tackle, I think, of Kari Willis. Um, it looks like he's gonna get a first down, and then George Odom comes out of nowhere and stops him like good yards short of the of of the first down on third down. And that's a big play because man, that could have been a backbreaking play. You know, you think you have the chiefs, you know, pretty much stopped on third down. Um, yeah. and they break a big play like that. Uh, but George Oda, man, he, he played lights out. Um, I believe he was the free safety and starting in the place of the injured Malik hooker. Um, if, uh, he's been working there, I believe this, this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always, I've, I've always been a George Odom fan, um, mm-hmm. I was I was I was really surprised that he didn't get more run, and I get it. Malik Hooker was starting, but like I felt like we didn't see George Odom enough um, in the yeah. first couple of weeks there. And I mean, he's shown more and more how how good of a player he is, and how much you know he's progressed. Um, yeah. if, if if last night was any indication, um, you know he played really well. He led the Colts um, tied with Rakisin for six tackles. He also had a forced fumble, which mm-hmm. was huge. 
Um, and so he played really, really well there. Um, and then, man, you talked about Kari Willis, like we, we already mentioned. Um, man, do you think when Clayton Gathers gets back, do you think Kari Willis will stay at that strong safety position? I think he should. Personally. I mean, Odom and Kahari Willis are given uh, uh, plenty of reasons why they deserve some time. Me personally, I don't think so. I think the Colts uh, just love Clayton Gathers in as that starter, even though uh, the evidence proves that uh, he's not the best uh, safety out there. But I think they just like him just because of the way he conducts himself on the field. I, I think right. that's ultimately what it is. As much as I don't like it, I think – Kahari Willis and George Odom both have shown that, you know, they deserve some time here. Give them a chance here because, I mean, Clayton has – I mean, you saw it. You think Clayton Gathers was in there for that game and they would not have exposed him a little bit in that passing game? I mean, yeah. Clayton Gathers has been the worst person in our secondary this year. I mean, it, it was definitely a much bigger story because Kahari Willis is a, a much bigger risk taker. George Odom definitely had, was in the right spots at the right time. And I definitely think they both deserve a chance to go out there and play alongside Malik Cooker when he comes back. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just don't think that the Colts are going to do that. But See, and, my, one more, and one more yeah, thing here before go I go. Um, I, I want to give a, a shout out also to Kenny Moore and to Pierre Desir because both of them were injured early in that game. They both had times where they came off the field and had to deal with their little uh, hurts, but yet they they toughed it out and they came back in and they performed. I mean, they I give my hats off to them. They both had their injuries, but they toughed it out and knew they couldn't uh, just sit back and watch. And I, I'm so glad they did because we needed them in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they are both very underrated players on this Colts defense for sure. Um, Oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, Quincy Wilson. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I've noticed with this Colts defense, with Matt, what Matt Everflus does, excuse me. Um, for whatever reason, when the Colts play another team for the second time, they figure it out somehow. They figure out ways to slow down their best players. They take away those best players. Like we saw last year with Houston, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had a pretty decent game that first outing. Um, in Lucas Oil, and then the last two, including that playoff game, like he was really a non-factor. Yeah, um, and we saw it with Travis Kelsey, four catches for seventy yards. Would I mean he didn't really impact the game that much? Um, I believe beyond that first drive, he didn't really do anything. Um, and so that's something that you got to credit Matt Eberflus and his staff for doing is yeah, um, figure out ways to shut down your best player and and also you know you mentioned like with. And with the transition from zone to more man coverage and jamming those receivers with Tyreek Hill and both, both Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins out yesterday, um, mm-hmm. you felt like more confidence in being able to do that. And um, and the fact that the Colts were able to do that and basically force Patrick Mahomes to make more of those magical plays. Obviously he made one play that was absolutely incredible um, on that rollout um, mm-hmm. and found a receiver in the end zone. That's just, that's just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. Um, I think it's just you don't give him those easy throws like you gave him in the AFC Divisional game last year, um, and you force him to make more of those throws like that, more of those spectacular throws because they're more low percentage to be completed as opposed to wide open Travis Kelsey over the middle or what have you. So um, overall, really, really good day for the Colts. Um, this defense really rose to the occasion. 
Uh, and maybe signs of things to come potentially. Um, yeah. You know, last year you saw that with this Colts defense. Uh, we, we've all known this year, despite the numbers, we've known that this Colts defense is talented. You know, they drafted and enti- basically the entire draft was defense. Um, so they have talent there, uh, but they just haven't been able to put it together. They haven't been able to be consistent over the course of an entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was really the first time, Derek, that we saw the Colts of defense win them the game, like really yeah. win them the game completely because the offense was sputtering at times. Jacoby didn't have his best game, um, but the Colt, but the Colts defense held Patrick Mahomes to, and the, this dynamic Chiefs offense, the number one passing attack in the league, to 13 points. Right. And, and my question is, is this something that is going to become a trend, right? Obviously, you have – 11 more games in the season. Um, so you're not always going to have that game like you did last uh, on Sunday against Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you be more consistent? Can you not allow those, those Raiders games to happen? Can they be more far and in, far and in between? Um, yeah. I mean, really like the Colts were one of the worst rushing you know teams against the run um, up to that point. And then they kind of returned back to that 2018 form last night. They only allowed 32 yards rushing, like I mentioned, under 50 yards, well under 100 yards. Um, and so it's just it's interesting now because it's like you have a little yeah. confidence now. You feel like you can beat anybody. And will this Colts defense play with a little bit more swagger now, knowing that they can do it if they just clean up a few things? So it's yeah. going to be an interesting uh, th- storyline to watch, and especially now the Colts are heading into their bye at 3-2. and two. So you can sit on this win, let it marinate for a couple weeks, um, and then the Colts are obviously facing Houston in their second divisional game battle for the AFC South. Cause right now the Colts and the Texans are both tied up there at a three and two record. And so uh, it's going to be a very, very good game. Probably the most important game so far. Yeah. Um, obviously that Tennessee game was big to get it, get a win in the division. Obviously last night was a big win, but I mean, this is the team that you, you we always thought Derek, you know, come the end of the season, near the end of the season, um, if you're playing Houston, you're probably playing for that AFC South title. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be very interesting to watch this um, this battle in a couple of weeks. But the Colts are now, fortunately, with this bye, it comes at a really good time because the Colts yeah. had a few injuries. Like you mentioned, Malik Hooker wasn't out there. Darius Leonard wasn't out there, still suffering from a concussion. Um Obviously, T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack played through injuries, and so it gives them a little more time to rest up for that very, very important game against the Houston Texans. Um, and, um, yeah, and then also you could get – maybe you get a guy back like Tyquan Lewis could to help, you know, with the – unfortunately with the Kamoko Turi injury news, maybe to help help you out there in the in the defensive line yeah. department. And so, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really a good win. Um, it gives you confidence heading into the bye that this mm-hmm. team's going to be all right. Um, and it's, it's just exciting, man. It's exciting because I did not expect this. And I don't, I think we yeah. said the Colts could win and we didn't expect them to win. Yeah. Uh, but we're happy to be wrong any day. That the yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it was nice to see, you know, the defense and the run game went for a change, you know, Jacoby Brissett didn't have a great day. Like you said, but uh, he certainly didn't lose us the game. He had his one mistake with Tyron Matthew, obviously. But uh, he obviously didn't lose us this game. He was very conservative, and I think that was the game plan for Frank Reich. Just wanted to keep it more in the running back's hands versus having Brissett try to do too much. 
And it was great to see Eberflus change the uh, the scheming of how we played. Uh, it, I, I hope that he continues to do that. If he sees that the zone's not working and he's getting picked off, then I would love to see them start going back into more man, especially when this defense starts to get more healthy. I think that's the issue right now is they're trying to play more zone because of the injuries that they're having right now. Uh, and as much as I've said it before, I don't like early bye weeks. Uh, I hate that we have a, a week six bye, but given the amount of injuries that this team has right now, it could not come at a more pivotal time than right now. Malik Hooker may be back for the game against the Texans. They said he has the possibility of that. We're almost guaranteeing that Darius Leonard's going to be back because he was practically game time before we realized that he wasn't going to play. T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack are going to get time to rest up those hurts that they have right now. So they'll be at 100% probably by the time uh, the Texans comes around, which we need T.Y. Hilton for because T.Y. Hilton destroys the Texans. Just going to let y'all Texans fans remember that. Um, And then just all these guys that are just hurt. It's great to have the bye week now. Uh, just to be able to get some of these guys rested up and more game planning and ready to go for when the Texans come to town. And then we can probably, we can maybe pull that one off and then sit atop uh, and first in the AFC South. Yeah. One more stat I wanted to read with this Colts blueprint. So this is a, this is a tweet from Mike Sando. So Sunday night marked the first time since October, 2000 that an NFL team won a game with one or few explosive pass gains, two or more explode, ten or more explosive pass gains allowed. So that basically means completions gaining fifteen yards. The Colts had one such play. The Chiefs had ten such plays, and so that kind of shows you the blueprint and the complete change of offensive philosophy um, from Andrew Luck now uh, and Frank Reich in year one to Frank Reich and Jacoby Brissett and this offense in year two, and so. Mm-hmm. You went in the trenches, man. That's how they do it, um, and that's how the Colts are planning to to win uh, and, and play the rest of their season. I think that's a good blueprint to win. Yep, same here. Yeah. All right, and with that, uh, I sent out a tweet yesterday, um, basically saying we wanted to add a special edition to this recap podcast. Um, and so I sent out a tweet saying, "There's any, are there any Colts questions that you have, you listeners have, Um in light of last week, uh, last night's win against the Chiefs, um, I said we'll read and answer them today at the podcast. So I just have a few here. Um, so Derek, I'll just read them and then you can give your reaction. I'll give mine um, and then I'll just read the next one. We just have three here today. So uh, okay. the first one comes from Casey with a K. Was that defensive masterpiece more about Eberflus having a great game plan, or has he had a good game plan most games and players just executed better? Um, is it all right if I start with this one? Yeah, take it. Um, I think it was to me personally, I think it was more of the, uh, it was more of Eberflus to be completely honest. Um, I thought that in the zone, as we mentioned earlier, how he was, they were getting picked apart early in the game, uh, with the zone and especially how Patrick Mahomes was getting out of the pocket. Right. Um, I think on the defensive line, the defensive line did their part better than that wasn't Eberflus there. Uh, it was just, there were a few schemes that Eberflus uh, dug up with Kenny Moore getting that sack. Uh, but I think the D line did uh, a better job 
this time, and that wasn't Eberflus. But in regards to how we covered, switching from the zone to the man, knowing that uh, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins were not in that game for Mahomes to use, I think that Eberflus understood that we had a slight, a, a just about as good of a of a speed advantage at that point as we could get, right? So I think ultimately, in my opinion, I thought it was a better call by Eberflus adjusting in this game versus his scheme working better in games past. Because I think in the games past, the zone wasn't working as much and sometimes, and I think it was better now because Eberflus decided to switch the scheme up a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that uh, in terms of, you know, I think it's like different levels of like the defense. Um, so like with the defensive line, like, I mean, with this scheme, the defensive line has to get home. They have to get to the quarterback um, for the scheme to work and work effectively. Um, so I think on that end, it, it definitely was the players had not been executing the last few weeks uh, and they just really brought their game. Um, against Patrick Mahomes and company. Um, but as far as like the coverages, uh, specifically, you know, kind of playing off the receivers a little bit more, not jamming the receivers of the line. Um, I thought that the scheme was better. I like that scheme. I like that attacking mentality more. Um, kind of like how Frank Reich does it on offense, right? You know, he's, he's like, I'm going to force you to stop me. Um, and he's really in that attacking mindset when, and I always felt like the defense was kind of like, well, you know, we'll let them make the catch, but then, you know, it's all about effort. It's all about speed. Um, and last night it, it seemed like they were really just attacking the chiefs. And um, I want to see more of that because I think when the, the Colts have done that, they've been very successful. Um, but when they're allowing, you know, players to potentially, you know, make the catch and break tackles, like if they're not on their a game, like, it's, it's not going to go well. And we saw that in the Raiders game, you know, players, players were just wide open. Um, and I think that has to do with scheme a little bit. And also just, you know, everything was better, better executed in this game, the tackling. I mean, the tackling was absolutely atrocious in the Raiders game. Um, and they really, they really got that better. Uh, they obviously got to the quarterback a lot more. They didn't sack Derek Carr at all in that game. Um, but Mahomes went down four times. Um, and so I think it's just a combination of things. I would say it's a little bit of both Casey, um, I think it was, yeah, I, I would say it was a little bit of both. So, all right, this one from at Justin S. Mike. Uh, what is your prediction for the next five games coming off the bye? Four out of five are at home. Lone, rate, lone road game at Injury Bird, Pittsburgh, if you're not familiar. So, uh, we obviously talked about that Houston game. What are your predictions for that game? I'll pull up the rest of the schedule here. Yeah, so we got the Texans at home. Um, I think given we have the bye week, right? I think we have the bye week and then we uh, get that extra time to plan, get healthy, kind of figure things out. I think that the Colts pulled that one off uh, and I think they can definitely beat the Broncos. The Broncos have not had a great pass rush all year, and especially with Bradley Chubb being gone. uh, The Broncos beat a Chargers team that right now the Chargers look like a shell of themselves. Honestly, they played their best game of the year against the Colts, and ever since then they have just dropped off the face of the earth. So I'm not convinced the Broncos are going to get us there, especially at home. Uh, Against Pittsburgh, that's that's a trap one. Uh, we got to be careful with that one because even though the Steelers might possibly be having their third string quarterback, even if it's Mason Rudolph, 
the Steelers can run the football and they do have some good playmakers. Uh, I, I still think we go in and win this one though. Uh, I still think we can. Uh, and then the Dolphins, I definitely think we can win that one. And then the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely winning that one. If we don't win that one, I'm going to be very upset. Um, and then the Jaguars, uh, it's usually – well, here's the thing. I think uh, Nick Foles will be back. I, whether or not they play him or not, I'm not sure. Uh, the Jaguars have a very good rush defense so or uh, pass rush, so I'm not sure on that one. Uh, but I definitely believe that the Colts over these next five games can win four games, possibly all five of them. Now, do I know if they're going to get win four? I don't know. We need to win at least three out of those. We need to at least beat the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. Those are the three games that we that we are supposed to win. Uh, I think the Jaguars, we can win that one too. I'm not sure about the Texans. I don't know because Texans are always difficult. But I do believe we can easily win three, possibly four, maybe even all five of them of the next five, given our if we get healthy the way I think we will. And we get all our guys uh, going at full pace. Yeah, and that is something that you just don't know. Um, but I would say the Colts need to, and we ideally would like to and should, uh, you know, the two biggest games I see here are those divisional games. you got to beat the Jaguars and you got to beat the Texans, both at home. I mean, you have no excuses. I know last year with Jacksonville, it's tough to win in Jacksonville, I've noticed now. Um, yeah. It's kind of like similar to how it seems like most years, you know, the Patriots, I have a friend who's a Patriots fan, seems like most years, for whatever reason, no matter how good the Patriots are, no matter how bad the Dolphins are, obviously this year was an exception. Um, but most years, whenever the Dolphin, whenever the Dolphins are in Miami and they're playing the Patriots, they bring their game and they somehow pull off an upset win. And that's how I felt last year with that Jacksonville game. I was like, we're obviously, the Colts are obviously – a better, I would say, a better team, uh, definitely a better coach team. Um, the Jaguars have talent, no doubt, but I felt like the Colts really should have won that game. They had already won one game against the Jaguars. Um, and it was kind of like another trap game almost. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see um, can the Colts' offense find that success that they found uh, last year against the Jaguars at home. Um, so I think you know you have to win those divisional games. I think that's just so, so crucial, especially against Houston because Houston, that that's really what's going to come down to. If you beat Houston, if you're able to beat Houston um, and get that tiebreaker, you know, say you have similar records or the same record, then, you know, you just want that tiebreaker in order to, to make it and win that division. Cause that's so, so important right now. Um, obviously I think, I think Pittsburgh could be a harder game than we think it could be because you look at the Steelers, you're like, Oh, they're what one and four, I think, or something like that now. Um, so the record doesn't indicate, but they're a very talented squad too. Um, just cause Ben Roethlisberger went down. I mean, like the Steelers, they gave the Ravens all they could handle yesterday with their yeah. third string quarterback in. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a game that the Colts just need to be careful. Um, they need to not play to the level of their opponent. They cannot play like they did against the Raiders because Pittsburgh can, would still take advantage of that. I mean, they still have a lot of talent on their roster, but not the Miami Dolphins. And then with the Dolphins, I think that's probably going to be a win. But the NFL showed us you never, never know. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that would be my answer. I think for me, the two most important games are the divisional games. 
Mm-hmm. And then Mr. C. So this is a funny one. Why are we always getting stuck with anti Colts Collinsworth? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Collinsworth. It's just, I, I, again, it got stuck with the, uh, the fact that they were, it was the chiefs and it was Mahomes. Of course we, we as Colts fans have all been talking about it all week long, how the, the NFL just loves this man. And rightfully so. He deserves, and Pat Mahomes deserves all the credit he gets. Uh, He deserves all the attention he gets. I'm not saying he doesn't. But when you're the opposing team, when you're any other team in the NFL, you're sick and tired of everybody talking about him and him alone. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. We're all sick and tired of it. Um, And and (laughs) I mean, Chris obviously was like trying to find some good things to say about, uh, Pat Mahomes and late in that game when he really couldn't find any, uh, I mean, it was just hard to, I think he was having whiplash. I think it was just hard to imagine. I think it was hard for some guys to take in how the Colts won the game last night because it, it was not flashy. It was not fun. It was just straight up old fashioned football that will win. And he even mentioned, he said, Running the football doesn't all uh, doesn't really win you games in the NFL uh, in this uh, NFL that we have now. Well, I'm sorry, Chris, but it, it won us the game last night. I think we can all agree to that. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, I think he was just stunned that Pat Mahomes was. I think everyone was kind of stunned by it. You know, even ESPN didn't even want to. Uh, mentioned that you know the Colts did great they're basically the the headline for the game was Pat Mahomes limps to a first loss of the season uh the Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs not mentioning the Colts winning the game it was that the Chiefs lost the game that's Mm -hmm. only what mattered I mean it's I mean I kind of mentioned it a bunch of times I even said it in the uh and a hold your horses segment before which I will be getting back to soon, by the way, just in case anyone was wondering, uh, just how the national media doesn't necessarily like the Colts in that form because they're not flashy. And it requires guys like Pat McAfee to go on national television and say that the Colts are going to be the Super Bowl sleepers just to get some kind of media attention from the national media about the Colts. Hmm. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And yeah, I don't know. Chris, to me, Chris Collinsworth is just a guy that I never really enjoyed, particularly when he's announcing, because I feel like he just gets on a tangent and he just keeps going and going and talking about it again and again and again. And I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, whatever. But, you know, it's kind of like with LeBron James, you know, when everybody was so, so enamored with, with James, it's like revolutionary player like that and player that kind of comes on the scene like Mahomes is doing. You know, they're going to get to talk. And so um, it's just I think it's a little shocking when that player, you know, that superstar, the guy you've basically proclaimed as the next great when he has a rough game. And, and he, you know, the way that the Colts did it, I think you said it beautifully, Derek, the way that the Colts did it, I think just shocked a lot of people because it's like you haven't seen that out of Patrick Mahomes at all in this Chiefs mm-hmm. offense at all. And so the fact that the Colts were able to do that, I think, just shocked a lot of people. But give the Colts defense credit, man. They came to play from snap one. Um, and they really they controlled this game and they really showed, I think, the blueprint. And I think Detroit did, too. 
um, that blueprint to to stopping Patrick Holmes, or at least limiting. I think you can never truly stop Mahomes because he's such a good player. Um, but limiting Mahomes and really, you know, keeping him off the field. I mean, controlling the controlling the clock. That's kind of how you have to do it. And so um, that's how the, that's how Peyton, that's how the you know teams beat Peyton Manning back in the day. They just had him off the field. And so that's what you got to do. So, well, thanks guys for sending in your questions. Appreciate it. Um, hopefully we'll get some more if we decide to do this again, but um, yeah, I think that's all we got for this episode. Uh, great Colts win. Uh, we'll probably be back. So it's going to be probably a little bit of a weird week since the Colts don't play on Sunday. Um, we're playing all this week that I should say. Um, so we might, I don't know what we do. We may, maybe we'll just do two shows. Honestly, um, maybe we'll just do another show to kind of take the place of the preview this week. Um, and maybe we'll just look ahead at the Colts schedule or something like that. Um, and, uh, drop an episode probably Thursday or Friday. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's probably what we're going to do. Derek said, you're probably going to release uh, hold your horses episode either Tuesday or Wednesday. So that'll be good. We'll definitely have some content for you guys. Um, and I always appreciate just your, uh, your support of us. Um, it's always much, much appreciated. So uh, great Colts win. Hope to see many, many more this year. Hope the Colts can continue to use that formula of success and and be victors some more this season so we can have very upbeat podcasts like this. So, yes. all right. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. And as always, go Colts.